Okay, Bezat Hashem, tonight we're going to be speaking about Nerot Hanukkah, and specifically the case brought by the Bichet um, Shuvah about Basar uh, Bechalav oil. Uh, and if you're allowed to use that for your Hanukkah candles. So, uh, before we start, this uh, shiur should be Zichut for the the Chayalim, for the people still in captivity, for Refuah, uh, for everyone who needs it, uh, and just as general, Zichut for Chal Yisrael in general. So we start tonight with a very, very famous Mishnah, perhaps one of the most, uh, perhaps even the, the most famous Mishnah in, in general. We start in Masechet Shabbat, Tav Chaf Amad Bet, with Mishnah, Bameh Madlikin. Anybody know it? Right. I think they, they say it sometimes, you know, like Friday night in some places. I don't know. Anyway. So, in the Mishnah, we say, Bameh Madlikin, Bameh in the Madlikin. So what are we light with? What are we not allowed to light with? Talking specifically here about Shabbat candles, so it says, "Even the kindle, the lechesh, the chosen, the bechalak, the betfilat alidan, the betfilat alidbar, the berokash alpanei amayim." So it's talking about uh, these are different um, wicks that you can't uh, light with. Some of them uh, being uncarded flax, which means flax that's not been been uh, been pulled sure. and cleaned. Uh, or floss silk, or desert fiber, or sea moss, and then the Mishnah continues. Um, so there are different types of oils or fuels that we're not allowed to use for uh, for the candles either. So. Uh, pitch or wax, uh, which is not the wax candles we use today. It's talking about a different type of wax. Wax we have nowadays that is uh, typically paraffin wax or even beeswax also works. Uh, the Ramah says that clearly in, in uh, I think it's Samach Gimel, somewhere early in Hilchot uh, Shabbat and Or Chaim. But these types of things, where uh, these these oils are not allowed to be used. So the question is why? So on Dav Chaf Alf Amar Alef, the Gemara continues and says, Amar Aba, Petilot Sheamru Chachamim Emedikim Bahem BeShabbat. So the wicks that the Chachamim said that we're not allowed to use them on Shabbat. Why? Zeminisha or Misachsechet Bahen. The flame flickers. The 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 wick doesn't burn so nicely, and the flame kind of you know it, it goes back and forth, and it it pops and flickers, and it it doesn't it doesn't light well. And regarding the the oils, so why are they not uh, not uh, so good? So we can use them because they're not drawn easily into the wick, meaning that the they're very viscous and they're not drawn up the wick so nicely, and they don't uh, they don't burn so well. So therefore, they're not a good fuel for Shabbat, and the reason that's a problem is because. We're, Rashi says that we, we, we have, have a. We're worried that somebody will tilt the candle on Shabbat. He's going to try and shake it, move it around. If he's using it to read from or something, he's going to maybe move it around and come to either be Chayav on Mavir or Machabe. He's going to either put out the the, uh, the flame accidentally or he'll cause it to light more or. Anyways, so therefore. Uh, in order to not come into an Isutiraita, we say we can't use these wicks because the Ner Shabbat you're allowed to benefit from. The whole point, as we say uh, later in Masechet Shabbat, I think it's Chaf Hayam and Aleph, that the whole point of Nerot Shabbat is for uh, Shalom Bayit. So you want to be able to see, you don't, you don't want to be able to trip on, uh, you don't want to trip on things or, uh, you know, eat, eat your meal in darkness. So since you're allowed to benefit from them, you can't use something that's not easy to benefit from. So, then the Gemara uh, on the bottom of Aleph Amar Aleph says Amar Afuna Petilot Shemanim Shemun Chachamim Ema Likim Bahem Shabbat In Malikim Bahem Bchanuka. So Rafuna says that you're not allowed to use these same wicks and oils that we discussed uh, above. You can't use them for Shabbat or for Chanukah. 
Why? So Maitama, what is uh, uh, sorry, Amrava Maitama, Rava questions, well, what's the reason for that? He says that if it goes out, you have to relight it, and you're allowed to benefit from it. So if it goes out, so you, it requires constant monitoring to make sure it's still still going. And if it goes out and it didn't last enough time, you can't relight it on Shabbat. So that doesn't work. And since you're allowed to benefit from it, according to Rav Huna, you can't use it on Shabbat either because um, because we we have this, the same issue. Shemayate is Rashi says you have is a question. Are referring to only Hanukkah for Shabbat? No, any any night of Hanukkah, not not just Shabbat. But whether any night of Hanukkah is not a problem if you <clears throat> if you Shemayate. Right, but the problem is that exactly. according to right, so according to Huna though, the issue is it, it, there's two issues. One is Shemayate. Might come to tilt it and be over in the So that's a Shabbos issue. But the the other issue is that if it goes out, you have to relight it. So you can't, uh, you know, light it in the window and then go eat your, you know, your meal in the other room. You have to sit there and make sure that it, uh, you know, you have to constantly police it until it it, it lit for you know the the proper shiur. So because we don't want people to, you know, want to be matriarch people, and we don't want to have, have them, you know. Mamas sit there and stare at it for the half hour or whatever it is to make sure that they, they fulfill the mitzvah. So we say you can't use these things. Okay. You have to use you have to use uh, you have to use good oil like we use for Shabbat. And again, it doesn't have to specifically be olive oil, but any good burning oil you have to use that for Hanukkah. Lirot Hanukkah, it's only lirotam bilvad, right? That's right. Alakha. That's alakha. There's a three-way three way here. That's Rav Huna. Now Rav Chista argues, so Rav Chista Amar, and just general Klal, is that whenever the Gemara mentions someone Amar somebody, or Amar Ploni, and then it says, and then the next line is Ploni Amar, that's typically, almost like 99% of cases, that there's an argument going on. So Amar Ploni, Ploni Amar, the second one is almost always an argument on the first one. So Rav Chista Amar, Rav Chista argues, Malikin Behem Bechol, you can use them during the week, Shabbat, but you can't use these oils that are also on Shabbat. You can't use them when Hanukkah is, for the night of Hanukkah that's on Shabbat, but you could use them for any other night of Hanukkah. That's not a problem. Why? That if it goes out, you're not required to relight it. But since you're allowed to benefit from it and you're allowed to use the light for something, you have uh, that's that's a Shabbat issue, right? Since you're allowed to benefit from it, you have the same issue on Shabbat, so you have to use a good oil. But during the week, if it goes out, you don't have to relight it, so therefore you don't have that issue. This is all of the Rashi. There's Machlokod in Tosafot and other Rishonim about which reason actually goes on. And, 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 and which reason is for Shabbat, which reason is for is for weekday, Do they apply to, does each one apply to both? Right now we're going with the simple uh, understanding here. So, later on in the Gemara, the, uh, let's say the, the Chaf Gimel, I want to say it's Chaf Gimel, can't remember off the top of my head, but later on in the Sugir of Hilchot Hanukkah, it discusses the question of whether Hanachar or Hadlaka will say mitzvah. Whether the placing of the candles or the lighting of the candles, what does the mitzvah? Right, so, so we paskin that the, uh, the, the lighting of the candles does the mitzvah. So you can't move it from, you put it down, you light it, you can't move it from where you lit it. But once you lit it, then you did your mitzvah. If it goes out, don't worry about it. Which we'll we'll get to that in the next shita because the next shita is uh, Rabbi Zera. So I'm a Rabbi Zera. I'm a Rav Manna. Ve'imrela. I'm a Rabbi Zera. I'm a I'm a Rav. So there's two gearses here that the Gemara tells us that Rabbi Zera either said in the, in the name of Rav Manna or Rav. The Gemara seems to answer that it really was Rav. We'll see that in a second. But either way, Petilor Shemanish Amru Chachamim in Malikim Behem B'Shabbat Malikim Behem B'Chanukah B'Mechol B'Shabbat. So he says. The things you're not allowed to use for Shabbat, you can use them on Hanukkah, whether it's Shabbat or during a weekday. 
doesn't doesn't matter. Basically, it's telling us that you can use whatever oil and whatever wick you want for Hanukkah. It doesn't matter. Now, I'm going to be So, Rabbi Yirmiya questions my Tama, which is his reasoning. Or my Tama, the Rav. Why, why is, what's, what's Rav's um, reasoning for this? And clearly, Gemara seeming to say that the, the, the correct gear says that Rabbi Zerah says it's the name of Rav. So, Kesavar Kafta in Zakukla. That if it goes out, you don't have to relight it. And you, if it go, uh, and you're not allowed to benefit from it. So you light the candles. You can't. Uh, later on, the Gemara is going to talk about can you count your money from it, or can you use it for something else, or, or anything. It comes we come out in Paskin. This is the halacha also that um, once the Hanukkah candles are lit, you can't use them for anything. That's why we always have a an 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 extra candle, the shamash. So that way, if someone happens to be using it. Then they're, you know, we can consider it like they're using, you know, the extra candle and not the, uh, the, you know, the actual uh, ner mitzvah. Now, um, the just to, to finish this, the Shulchan Aruch says in Siman Tafresh and Gimel, Kol Shavinim Petilot Kesherim La Ner Chanukah VeAfal Pi Shein Ashemani Nishachiv Achara Petilot VeEin HaOr Nital Yafeh BeOtam Petilot. So Maran says that all the oils. And wicks are, are are kosher to be used for Ner Hanukkah, even if they don't uh, light well, even if they don't draw up the wick well, even if uh, they're very viscous, doesn't matter. You can use anything you want for the Ner Hanukkah, and um, because we're not allowed to benefit from them, doesn't really matter what you're using. So... That would seem to say that you could use literally any oil. So the Pitre Chuva brings down a question from the Shah Ephraim. Uh, if I can find it, hold on. We know that Basar Bechalav is an Esedereita. There's three times in the Torah that says, You can't cook a kid in its mother's milk. The Chazal uh, uh, and the Poskim tell us that each one comes to Asha something dis- uh, different. You can't cook it, you can't eat it, and you can't benefit from it. So that's, this is only if it's a basar b'chalav de'araita, which means that the meat and milk were cooked together. So, but if somebody, let's say, had a steak, and then after the steak was off the fire, then they put some butter on it, so that would be basar b'chalav de'ramanan. So that, you can't eat, you can't cook it, because that would be cooking it on the right level, but you could benefit from it. Meaning if, let's say, your child saw a steak on the counter and slathered some butter on it, you could give it to your non-Jewish neighbor, and there's no, there's no iser there. There is an iser if it was cooked in butter to give it to your non-Jewish neighbor. That would be an iser hana, which we're not going to go that deep into the iser hana here, but we need to know these just for the the shard frying. So, since pasar bechalav is an iser hana, seemingly since I can't benefit from the Hanukkah candles. There shouldn't be a problem. I'm not using the. Uh, I'm not using the. The oil for personal use. I'm using them. For, we'll we'll get there. That is a question if we're actually if we're cooking it. If it's because uh, then then we have a question of bishul achar bishul. Does that apply by basar b'chalavas only in Shabbat? We'll get there in a second, but dealing first with the Isra Hana'ah. Is there, we know that there's a general rule, mitzvot lav lehenot nidnu. That mitzvot were not given for our benefit, so therefore it's not considered Hana'ah to do a mitzvah, or to get something out of a mitzvah. So, theoretically then, we should be able to use, as in the case of the Shara Ephraim, brought by the Pitre Chuvah, we should be able to use a 
basar bechalav oil, or let's say an oil made from orla, uh, orla olives, right? I should be able to use those for my Nero Hanukkah because it's a mitzvah, I'm not benefiting from it, and I can't use the light for anything anyway. It just has to sit there in the corner and look pretty. So, why would that be a problem? So, the Pitre in Simon Pezayin Yordea, Sifkatan Dalid, he says, "Va'im betshuva sharefraim siman lamed chayet shepasak bechem ashdi bashla bakedera shel basar bat yoma." So there was a somebody accidentally cooked butter, and they melted it and clarified it in order to use it for the nero chanukah. But they accidentally used a meat pot that was theoretically clean, but was used that day to cook. I don't know some kind of uh, beef stew or something. So, asod uh, habayit. You can't use it to uh, brighten your house. You can't use it as any sort of lighting. Vitam So, because it's there's an iser there, which makes sense. I can't use it as a lantern or something to you know see my way through the house if it's dark because that's a benefit. And this oil should be an iser deraita to use and benefit from. Even though we have a general rule that mitzvahs are not given for our benefit, you need to have a shear. Right? We have to. There's a certain amount of time that the nero Hanukkah have have to be lit. Later, a couple lines down from the Gemara we finished on Chafah Alpha Mebed, it talks about. Uh, so from the time it starts getting dark until the people leave the marketplace, that's the amount of time that the candles have to be lit. And Maran Paskins, in Sivan Tafashayim Bet, Siv Bet, Shakacho Hezid, Vlohidik Im Shkiatachama, if you purposely or you weren't able to or you forgot to light from from Shkia, Madlik Vaholik Ad Shetichla Regaminashuk, so you should. Even if you didn't light exactly at Shkia, so you, you, you remembered five minutes later, so you should light it then and keep it going, you know, until uh, the people leave the uh, the the shuk. It's have to be about half an hour. So the the general rule is that the 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 candles have to be lit for half an hour, and most of the the kosher Hanukkah candles that you buy, not the oil ones, but the wax candles, the thin ones, most of those last right around half an hour. They're designed to, not the short ones, typically they're, they're a little bit longer. The short little guys, they're like the 18-minute candles. 18 minutes is for matzah, not near Hanukkah. Either way, so the... the it's missing a shear. Because it's a... Um, because it's an Isr Hana'a, it it's like the the it's almost like it doesn't exist, and we learn this in Masechet Teruma. That there's two types of Yisurei Hanaa. There's Mina Nisrafim or Mina Nikbarim. So Mina Nisrafim means it's something that has to be burned. Shem and Shul Orla would fall under that category. It doesn't have to be buried. Uh, something that has to be or something something that has or, or Tamei Truma oil would also have to, has to be burned. And the coin is to burn it, or he can, he's allowed, he, the coin's allowed to benefit. I don't know if anyone else is an Isahana. In, in general, Truma's an Isahana for, for an uncoin. Um, and it, uh, one other example of Minanik Barim, which means something has to be buried, is Kalaya Karim. So somebody planted uh, some other fruit or produce in, in a vineyard, so the grapes and the other produce have to be completely destroyed. And so much so that even if, let's say, I burn them, the ashes are still in Isra Hana. So I'm not allowed to even benefit from the ashes of something that's, that's on the level of Mina Nikbarim. That is something that has to be thrown into the river, thrown into the ocean, uh, totally buried and never used again. Um, you, there, there's no benefit uh, whatsoever. If something's Mina Nikbarim, so something like, uh, like Orla oil, if I burned it, or I burned oil of produce, 
once they're ashes, you could you could then take the ashes and do something with them. What's Orla? Orla is uh, uh, produce from the first three years of the tree. Oh. So if a tree Orla. grew and produced f- fruit in the first three years, and most trees don't do that, but if it did, then those... Or if it was replanted, if you uprooted a tree that was growing fruit and you replanted it, that would also be uh, orla. If it wasn't able to grow with the with just the minimal amount of soil that was still connected to its roots, uh, if it needed more soil and you, when you replanted it, so then it's considered like a brand new tree, even though it's I don't know a hundred years old already. So there, and then for the next three years, the fruit of that tree is considered orla. So you then uh, are not allowed to have any benefit from that from that produce. It just uh, falls on the ground, and that's the end of that. Um, you should warn people, put a you know a sign uh, by your tree that says this is Orla, so that the people coming and taking Leket and Shechecha and Pei and whatnot know that that's an Orla, uh, you know, that's an Orla uh, tree, so that they don't take the fruit and mistakenly eat Orla, because that's a big problem. Um, but, uh, so if I burned it to get rid of it, then the ashes I could use. By Basaba Halav, if I took, if I made, uh, you know, a, a, a milky beef stew, and I burned it completely until it was just ashes, I still can't use the ashes for anything. So, the Shah Ephraim says that it no longer has a Shi'or. Why? Because I need it to last 30 minutes. And this, that's an Isra Hana, it's as if it doesn't have a Shi'or at all. Anything that's that's above the strafe or above the the anything that has to be burned or 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 buried, it's as if it already was. So we learn this by and also in Masachatuka um, by a lulav that if you have a lulav from an Ashera tree, it was a tree that was worshipped for Avodazara. So that lulav, you're not allowed to use it. Why? Because the shir lulav is fourth fachim, and you can't. It's because it was worshipped as a shir tree. It's an iser deraita, iser hanaah, and it's minan israfim. It has to be burned, and you. So therefore, it's as if it was already burned. So if you pick up that lulav and such, you know, using it as your lulav, it's like you didn't take the arba minim at all because your lulav was like it was. It was like it didn't exist. So. The or- it's, a, it's a weird concept, right? Because it, it, it's not that it didn't exist, but it, like it exists, but it has zero size. Zero size. Because if, it ex- if it's like it didn't exist, then you wouldn't be doing any answer. So there's a machloket there, which we're about to get to. The um, the Orlitzion happens to Paskin exactly like the Shara Ephraim, and says that, just like Orlo, or he, he quotes it, um, and Chalak Dalit, Perik, Mem Dalit, Tshuva Gimel, and the Orlitzion, he says that uh, but he's talking about orla oil specifically, uh, but he quotes the Shire Ephraim as his reason that since it uh, is lacking a shiur, so then you can't use it. Now, we could get out of that, and there's good reason to get out of that. That shita comes from the Ravid. And there's a big machloket, Rambam and Ravid, in Masechet, in Hilchot Shabbat, Perik Yud Zayin. And luckily you'd bet, the Rambam says, B'chol osin lechayayim, afilo b'davar sh'yesh v'ruach chayim, v'afilo b'isurei haniyah. B'chol osin what? So b'chol osin lechayayim. So you can make a lechi for an eruv. Oh, lechayim. Oh, lechayim. Okay. So a lechi is a pole that's placed uh, against a wall or a door frame and it basically is a marker. It has to be ten tefachim high. But the shear is a kol shehu. And you, it's basically a marker to show that here ends the, uh, the, the Rashud HaYachid. So what they would do is they would put a lechi or two on the, the entrance of the alleyway. And there were different courtyards that opened into the alleyway. And they would all join together to allow carrying through the alleyway to the different courtyards. And this alleyway, let's say, was closed on three sides. And there was a back wall, and there were side walls in between two courtyards with a gate or something, or let's say there was a korah, which is a, a beam across the the entrance, 
to market as you know to make a, a, a sort of the path to, to make it look like a doorway, and then but it was open to the Rashid or Rabim. It was open to the street. So what they would do is they put a lechi on each side, and that would allow that would be like a marker that the the eruv ends here, and you could carry anywhere inside that alleyway, but not once you going past that, then it's going to be in Isra of Hotza and Shabbat. So the Rabbin says you could use even an Isra Hana, you're allowed to use for lechi. He says in why? Because the Korah needs a shear. It has to be big enough and strong enough that it can withstand the wind. And from an Ashera, there's no, there's no shear. So... Therefore, you couldn't, you can't, since it's like, an Asherah, again, it's an Isra so it's like it doesn't have a Shior, so therefore I can't use it for a Korah, so why am I allowed to use it for a Lechi? And so the Ravid comes, and is Asagor, and Halachi Yudbet, and he says, that, that there's no way, right? It came into Havid Mechdat, like, since it's like it has no Shior, Lo Kai Klal, it's like it doesn't exist at all. And there are other Rishonim and Polskim that go like this Ravid that say that once it's something is an Isra Hana'ah, it's like it has no shear at all, it's like it doesn't exist Bechlaf. So what's the reason the Rambam says that you can use an Asherah, a wood from an Asherah tree for Alechi? Right, Alechi has a shear. It's a shear Kol shehu. doesn't matter how thick it is, but it has a shear of a Kol shehu and it has to be ten fucking high. So why is that allowed? So, Manabit Yosef says in the case of Mishnah, in Hilchot Lulav, Perek Chet, this is his, uh, his comments to the first, the first Halakha in Perek Chet, towards the end, he says, Delo dami shofar velulav, sheish lahem shir katsuf. The shofar and lulav have an actual physical shear of length that they that they need. A lulav has to be four tefachim uh, long. Why? Because you need three three tefachim for the hadasim in the aravot. You need one extra tefach to either hold on to or to protrude from. And a shofar, it needs to be slightly bigger than a tefach because you need a little bit to you, your hand has to hold it closed. And there needs to be a little bit protruding from one end of your hand, so that way uh, it's touching your mouth without your hand touching your mouth, so your hand is not assisting in making the sound from the shofar. And the opening of the shofar has to be a little bit further from your hand, so that way your hand is not assisting or changing the sound of the shofar. So it's slightly more than a tefach, because a tefach is a hand breath. So, Delodom Yishofar Velulav Sheish Lahem Shior Katsuv, Amud L'Sreifa, Mechtet Shiura, right? When, when it, when, let's say those were of Avodah someone worshipped the, the, the aisle, or the, the ram, or someone worshipped the, the tree as Avodah so those would have to be burned, they're Isra'i Hana'ah. Right, so there, it's like they don't have a shiur. Why? Because they're, they're, they're broken up. Which we're going to see here. Right, Mikhtar Shiura, Klomar, Hu Chaser Mishiuro Hakatsu. It doesn't have the length of shear, Right? Because of the aval the sand of the chalitza, this is masachet getin, and the late land shear katsuv. There's no shear katsuv. There's no physical length for the sandal for the shoe that's needed for a chalitza. Right? Ela hagadol lefi gadlo veakatan lefi kat. No, the sandal has to be big enough for the person making it. There's no specific defined shear for the sandal here. Right? And in masachet getin, we say that you could use. The leather of a uh, a cow that was worshipped for Avadazara to make the sandal for a chalitza, right? Then he did by right? There's no specific shear. No amrino de mikhtat shiro. Hold 
It basically, at, at the end, basically says that the whole point that the Rav is trying to make, and the Ravadia says in Chazonavadia, is that, and the Mishnah Brewer says this also in uh, Siman, uh, was it Tough Samach Gimel, that it's not that it doesn't exist. It's as if it was broken up into a bunch of little tiny pieces. Perhaps even microscopic pieces. And therefore, it, it, the lulav, even though it's held together, because it was broken up into a bunch of pieces, it's like those pieces aren't joined together. But, so that would work for a kora on top of a, the, the alleyway. That would work for a shofar. That would work for lulav. But when it comes to a lechi, I only need a kol shahu. So technically, theoretically, as long as it was something I could see, even if it was literally one grain of, of, of ashes wide, that would technically be enough. If I could take a grain of ashes and pile them up ten tefachim high, that's enough to be to 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 be a lechi because the, the it's not the so lechi doesn't need to be a single object. It doesn't have. It should be a single object, um, but here where this piece of wood that I'm using, even if I'm considering it as broken up into a bunch of pieces, the the lechi is I could even take a mound of dirt as long as I make that mound of dirt ten fucking high that could be a lechi. So here, where I take this wood, if I burn it into ashes, but I make those ashes ten fucking high, so congratulations, that should be a kosher lechi. So that should also work here, and that's what the Pichet says, that that should work here by the uh, by Nero Hanukkah, because even if I want to break up all the the oil, right, the 30 minutes worth of oil, and a bunch of little tiny oil droplets... They're still burning one after the other, and I don't have to. It, once I lit, the mitzvah's done. So as long as it just continues going, right? Once they're, they're all connected, they're all collected in one cup. Even if each one is a separate drop of oil, it doesn't matter. And therefore, the um, that should not be an issue. Now. So what's like, it? The Pesach Shuvah brings the Machlok the The Bichet Shuvah says the. Um, it brings the Shire Fine. It says it's Asur. Right, the Shire Fine is the one who says it's Asur because because it's as if it has doesn't have a Shior. Right. The Oravadia brings this the, this Machlok between the Rambam and the Ravid, and the Shulchan Aruch and the Mishnah Bura Paskin like the Rambam. The Lacha is like the Rambam and not the Ravid, meaning that just because it doesn't have a Shi'ur doesn't mean that it's a, as if it doesn't exist Bechlal. It just means that it's as if it's like Nifrad. It was broken up into a bunch of little tiny pieces. But if I can put those pieces together and do something with them, so then that already is like a step too far. So I could take, for a Lachi, let's say, I could take all those little tiny droplets of, uh, of ashes and pile them up, ten high. doesn't matter how thick it is, it's a kol shahu. So if it's just one grain of, of sand thick, that's fine. So the same thing should apply to Ner Hanukkah, because I don't need, I don't have a shiur of oil. Right? There's no specific, I don't have to burn, you know, a lug of oil. I don't have to burn four ounces of oil. What do I have to burn? I have to burn 30 minutes of oil. 30 minutes, you know, could, could change based on <laughs> atmospheric pressure. Could change based on your elevation. Could change based on uh, the temperature in your house. Could change based on uh, the the humidity. Could change, you know, could change from one day to the next. So there's no specific shiur of oil that I need. I just need enough oil that's going to last me thirty minutes. So therefore, since I don't have a specific shiur of oil, then I can take the same the same uh, idea that the Raman brings for the lechi that's quoted by the time is the shiur. But that means that the, the time has nothing to do with the oil. Meaning, I need enough oil to get me this time. But that's not a specific amount of oil. For a lulav, I need four tfachim of a, a palm tree. Like or for, of a palm for, branch. For a lulav, you need a lulav, which is kosher. For right? oil, you don't need like a piece of oil that's this size. You need the candle that will burn. You, know, you need the candle to go this long. To be able to go this long. So even if the oil is not a single object... But a bunch of little pieces, you still so so if you're going to be burning for thirty. But the mitzvah it's doing has a shear. Right, the mitzvah has a shear. But it doesn't. But it's a mitzvah in time. But it's not a mitzvah on the object itself. I need an object 
or a bunch of objects to get me X amount of time. I don't need an object to have this amount of, of the object in order to be Yotzei, that mitzvah. I need four tefachim of alulav. I need at least a tepach on a portion of a shofar in order to be a kosher shofar. Right? The shofar itself has to be this big. The oil... I don't have to have four ounces of oil. I just it have just to have. I just have to have enough oil, whether it's one big block of oil, or it's a bunch of drops of oil, or if it's a little bunch of microscopic drops of oil. As long as they're all going to get me to that thirty minutes, then it doesn't matter. But you know that there's a. If you don't have enough of it, it's not going to get you there. Right. So technically, there is a, a shear. You there just, is just a not shear, but it's. But there's no specific amount, and therefore I could use a million little droplets of Israhana oil because I'm not benefiting from the mitzvah, and I can't use the light of Nero Hanukkah. And as long as I have enough of the oil droplets there, then it doesn't matter. If I had that, if I had to have X amount of oil, if I had to, you know, I don't know, do if I every every Hanukkah, if I had to take and drink a Revi'it of olive oil, a zechra, the mitzvah. So then that would be a problem. I wouldn't be allowed to benefit from that. But that's not the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to burn oil. It's burning a block of oil, or, or really, it's not even oil, it's a candle. I could burn, you know, a block of wax. I could burn clarified butter. I could burn olive oil. And it could be all in one solid block. It could be in a bunch of little droplets. As long as they're all going to burn, and they're all going to get me to that point, it doesn't matter. As long as they last 30 minutes. As long as it lasts 30 minutes. That's not a shiur on the item itself. It's a shiur in time. And time is not a definitive, uh, not a, a definitive shiur. So just to clarify, the Pesachur brings this second opinion as well? No. he's Right now we're just quoting the Shire Ephraim. We're explaining that really the Lachad isn't necessarily like the Shire Ephraim. Okay. Because Moran says in, the, in, in, in Hilchot Eruvin, and the Mishabur agrees with this, the luck is like the Rambam. And therefore, I shouldn't have a problem with missing a shiur for the Hanukkah candles because the shiur is not on the oil itself. It's on the, it's on the time for the, 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 uh, of lighting. So, Kashir. Now, so that, that might not be wrong. The other thing we could say, this is not Lalacha, nobody take this Lalacha, but there are opinions in the Ahronim that when you take butter and you cook it with meat that's not considered basar b'chalav on a deraita level it has to be milk it has to be tzalul, it has to be thin it has to be a liquid not, but butter is hard, right? it's congealed and therefore the the the, um, the ol yosef I know I'm melting it now but, but, but when I'm starting with it I'm not starting with milk, I'm starting with Butter and butter isn't isn't really milk anymore. It's milk that's been processed. You took out some of the liquid. You're just remaining with the the fats from the milk. In order to get butter, you know, a pound of butter, you're starting with I don't know, 10, 20 pounds of milk in order to get there. So it's not just it's not uh, you know fully milk anymore. Halach is not like this. The chida in Machzik Beracha in Siman Pezayin in Yoredeah, among many many other sources, say that butter is still an iser de right to cook with meat. However, the Ohel Yosef, which we read last, uh, last year, Rabbi Yosef Malcho, who is also the author of the Shulchan Gavoa from Turkey, he on the Kasa Daharsana in Siman, the Kasa Daharsana is in uh, Siman Resh Pehei, the Ohel Yosef is in Yerdea Siman Chafdalid. Now, it happens to me the Kasa Daharsana is written on a sefer called the Besamim Rosh. The Besamim Rosh was, when it was printed, it was printed by Saul Berlin, who wrote the Pirush Kasa Daharsana on it. He said that he found it, and the sefer was miyuchas to Rabbeinu Asher the Rosh. The Kasa de Harshana is written by the same guy who put out the Bismim Rosh? Yes. The Kizveh Rosh? Uh, right. So the, the Bismim Rosh, oh, I, I think nowadays everybody is going to agree is a forgery. It is not really from the Rosh. Different opinions range in the postgame as to what level of credit to give to the sefer. Ravavadia's general opinion is whatever makes sense with Svarah and doesn't argue with Chazal, you can take, and whatever does, just ignore it. 
There are others that go so far, like the Saga Chaba Rebbe, who says that if you find the Sefer and it's Yom Kippur Shechab Shabbat, you should still take it outside and burn it. So, and everybody else in between. I don't recommend taking it and burning it on Yom Kippur. That's on Shabbat. Whether it's Yom Kippur or Shabbat, both are bad. Um, if you don't want to rely on the Sefer, that's fine. We only bring it here because it's mentioned by some of the poskim here as, as a, a sneef with the Ohal Yosef, arguing that butter and meat cook together. There's no punishment of lashes for cooking it, since it's only an Isha de Rabbanan, and therefore, there is, if it's, there's no Isha, there's no Isha uh, Malkut, there's no Isha to, to cook it, so therefore it's permitted to benefit from it. So, again, the Chida, and just about everybody else, is going to say that, no, if you cook butter with meat, that's an Isha de Right? But, there is an opinion here, and it's a worthy opinion. The Shulchan Gavoa, if you know if you want to ignore the Kassar Hartan, the Shulchan Gavoa is a big, big opinion. It's not someone to be trifled with. What about cheddar? Cheese also should be the same thing. It's not liquid. Now, the Pit goes back and cites the Eliyarabah that says lighting the wicks with this meaty butter that we were talking about. Right? Remember the, the cases we took butter and we cooked it in the meat pot that was Ben Yomo. So, um, this person by lighting is going to be cooking Basar Halav. Since, in the opinion of the Eliyaraba, uh, there's Bishul Har Bishul in regards to Basar Halav. Just like on Shabbat, you have something if it's cooked, right? If it's, uh, we, now we say in Bishul Har Bishul Shabbat, but we do say with a Dabalach, unless you're uh, Temani. And then you can, you know, they rely on the Rambam who says there's not. But we generally go that if you have something that was cooked once, if it's a solid food, and you cook it again, then there's, you know, you, you started from scratch. There's no isur there, so that's why you're allowed to put something from the fridge on a hot plate and warm it up on Shabbat and eat it Shabbat day. Once it's cooked, it's cooked. Once it's cooked, it's cooked. Now, if it, again, if it's a soup, don't do it. But if and it's... Uh, okay, if you're Tamani, that's, that's a different story. But... Uh, but if you're Sephardi, uh, Ashkenazi, Morakai, whatever you, uh, whatever anybody else other than Tebanim, then 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 don't do that. Yeah. So the Pimagadim argues. He says the the Isser of cooking basar bechalav is only going to. There's no bishul or harbishul there uh, with basar bechalav. Once it's cooked, it's cooked. The only issue you're going to have is let's say I cooked and melted cheese, and I also cooked a burger. And then, while the burger was on the grill and was already cooked, I took this melted cheese and I stuck that on the burger. So now they're cooking together, and they're cooking together for the first time. Even though they're already cooked separately once, since I'm putting them together and cooking them into a new entity, there is bishul har bishul there. But if I just, uh, but if I, um, but if I initially put a raw burger on the grill and I put a, a piece of cheese that was not. Uh, cooked before and I put that on top of the, the meat and I just left that on the grill to cook if I took that let it cool down and then stuck it on a different grill there's no issue right on the second cooking or the, or the second warming because it was already cooked that's the prima ganim. the additional reason to be leaning here is even though we say tamki ikar that the taste is the, deter- the determining factor with isurim we normally say that's deraita so that's why we say if you have bliot in a pot they they go from and the pot's been yomo. I have a meat pot and I cook butter in it. So we say that the meat the, that was absorbed in the pot goes into the butter and makes it taste you know a little meaty and therefore that's going to oscillate it unless there's sixty times uh, the amount of butter in the pot, which you're almost never going to have uh, the the insides of a pot or, or any container being sixty times the the volume of the container itself. But regardless, there are opinions in the Shonim that say it's dirabanan. Because it's just bliot and not the actual food itself, and we could say that with bishul har bishul, that's only if there's actual meat and dairy. Here, there is only meat bliot. So even if we want to say that there's an isidoraita and tanki ikar to cook, uh, to put this butter in the meat uh, pot, and it absorbed meat, and now it cooked like that, but cooking any further. It's only Billy Oat involved. And therefore, that 
that's already, according to some opinions, a step too far. You can see uh, the Chazon of Eliyahu, we're going to mention in a second. In the Biurim, he mentions that. So, here, we don't seem to really have a problem. Again, there's no Isor, even though it's an Isor Hana'a, I'm not, I'm not benefiting from it because I'm making a mitzvah. I can get out of the problem, Bishul Achar Bishul, and I can get out of the problem of needing a Shi'or because I don't need a Shi'or of the oil, I just need a Shi'or of the... Uh, the time, but I could use a bunch of little millions of microscopic bubbles of oil as long as they're all going to burn together. So then, that's fine. So how, if it's aser, which it is aser, how are we going to aser it? So different uh, post scheme take different ones of the approaches to the ones above. Avavadya does aser it. He permits it for all the reasons we talked about. And then, but he says, the reason it's Asr, and this is in Chazor Media Chanukah, this is the, uh, the chat on Shemanim and Petilot, HaKesherim Chanukah, the oils and wicks that are kosher to be used for Chanukah. It's page, uh, Pebet, and it's Halacha Bet in this chapter. So he's talking here about Shemen Shilzete Orla, which is oil that comes from uh, the olives that are orla that we talked about before, asor you're not allowed to benefit from. In lahdik bo nerot Hanukkah, you can't use them for nerot Hanukkah. Va'afopisha asor the ora, even though it's not, you're not allowed to benefit from them. Mikom akom hu hanaah, but mashehusichal milahotzi al shemen lachanukah. It's not the fact that you're benefiting from the oil; it's the fact that now that I'm using this oil, that's an isur deray that I use. Instead, in, instead of having to go out to the store and buy a jug of oil or buy candles and spend $20 on that or $10 or $5, whatever it is, I'm saving that money and I'm using this oil instead. And therefore, he quotes from a number of poskim, again, see the biurim, that that's enough of a hana'ah. The amount of money that you saved in not having to run to the store and go buy oil, you just use this oil that you had here, even though it's an isur hana'ah. But again, I don't have to worry about the isur hana'ah. I don't have to worry about bishul docha bishul. And I don't have to worry about the, uh, the, the, the shi'or. Still, because I'm saving money on it, Ravadiya says that's where the isur lies. And therefore, there is some isur hana'ah there because I'm getting... Saving money. A, a, a saving money and therefore getting a semi-direct benefit out of it. And so there will be, I think there will be a measure of Khamina based on the Surah called the Chavavadya. What happens if you're in a place that you're not high to uh, to light, you're a guest or something like that, whatever, and you just want to light. So according to Chavavadya, you should be able to use Shema Nola. So... In that case, uh, he does say that by, uh, by an achsanai, someone who's a guest, yeah. that in, in most cases, it's better just to give a pruta to the... Even if you have... He really only allows lighting yourself mm-hmm. if you have your own room in the house and you light in that room and... Uh, I'm just saying, in a case, whatever case... But in a case of... Right, in a case where you're not chayav, or in a case where, like, let's... I'm just saying, like, a place where Chabad's giving out the candles or something, so, like, you could have had other free candles. For free. Right. Okay. I I, I think there, the... Again, candles aren't necessarily the best, because depending on, you know, the size of the candles, they may not not be perfect. But I think in a case... In general, we're going to say... It's usher here. Again, every way out of the different things we had, there are post schemes that say it's usher for that reason. Right? So even though Rabbi Vadya is saying those aren't the reasons because you could get out of them, at the end of the day, they're all, each one of those three reasons, the benefiting from the mitzvah, or the uh, uh, lacking ishi, or bishul or, um, bishul, there are big post schemes behind every one of those reasons. So each one of those post schemes is going to tell you you can't use that oil because... And there's some iser there, right there, on some other level. Even though Ravadi is telling you, yeah, I could get out of it this way, and I could get out of it that way. There's a lot of stifim in the hakel right, right, regarding right, each right, one right, of them. Right, right. Therefore, I think, and I wouldn't be so quick to say Ravadi would say that, you know, if someone was giving out, you know, something free, that, I sh- you know, I, I'm not saving money, so therefore I could use it. I think he would very clearly say, use the free ones. But in a case where, let's say, all I had 
and I was stuck in the desert, and there's no one around me, uh, you know, or I'm in a caravan, and there's nobody has anything, and that's the only thing we have. Maybe Ravad would be lenient in such a case to say that, you know, you could light with those. But even that, uh, I'm, I'm not so sure he would... Uh, he, he would be so happy with it, especially since, again, you know, the Olet Sion says the reason is the Shior, and there are other poskim yeah, that I, say... Obviously, according to all the other poskim, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, it's a suit because of all the different reasons. I'm just saying, if you, if you focus If you're going specifically by Ravavadia, specifically by Ravavadia, so it's, it's possible. Be, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't say clearly. Uh, it's possible, again, if you're in a situation where it's literally the only thing around and you have no way to go get anything else, uh, then maybe. Um, you know, if you're stuck at, a, again, the desert. But, uh, I mean, you, you know, really, you, you know, it, it, the, the halacha is if you don't, can't afford the oil, you have to sell the shirt off your back to go buy it. Right. So, uh, I, I don't think... Uh, in any normative situation, I don't think there's going to be any reason why you would permit it. But it would only be, you know, and, and if that's literally the only thing around for miles, and that's your literal only option, perhaps he would say that that's allowed. I, I can't speak for Ravadia uh, on that, but we could perhaps at least, in, in Lamdud, we could perhaps... Uh, in Lamdus, we could perhaps say that that would be perhaps the one exception that he would allow. Okay, but that uh, that should take us to the end. But we'll see. We saw, you know, not just in uh, Hanukkah, we saw Eruvin and Sukkah and Lulav. Was that the show that Hanukkah is uh, the the really it's the Yom Tov of Torah Shabbat Peh, and it, it, it's only found every other Yom Tov, including Purim, is found in Tanakh. Hanukkah is nowhere to be found anywhere except in Torah Shabbat Peh. It's barely mentioned in the Mishnah, even. I mean, really, only find it in the Gemara, Masechet Shabbat, and one other place in Babakama. Um, so, uh, it, but we can see through our, our, our learning here, we've covered a number of different subjects that are, you know, very loosely related to Hanukkah, but we can see through our, our, our learning here, the, the interconnectivity of uh, all different facets of the, uh, the Torah. Amen, amen.